0: Okay, I'm going to look for a quick we before. Okay, wee really quickly Make sure wee we uh, one, uh, one, uh, one, 1 2 four, five, five, Hello and welcome to episode number nine of the Albums for the Apocalypse podcast, nine episodes, that feels quite weird. Um, It is very delayed, as you may still hear a little bit, my voice got absolutely destroyed last Friday um, when the football team, Amos and I both support Wickham Wanderers, uh, beat Fleetwood Town 4-1 in the playoff semi-final um and it is yet to really recover i actually feel like maybe my voice is like my voice is dropping again i'm curious to know if it's going to go down an octave now cool. maybe i'm having a second voice break
1: compare compare the uh, your voice from the first episode to now
0: and see what it's like well this i, I don't know if this is my new voice or not because i think it's still fully healed <laughs> as you can kind of hear so i think maybe next week we'll have a better idea i'm hoping it's better by then although there is the playoff final on Monday. there's a final on
1: monday so, <laughs> so it might get even worse
0: Yeah, you may have to bear with us for a bit. (laughs) Um, So this week's episode is on the theme of Glastonbury headliners. Um, We have got a range here. Um, So Amos, do you want to tell me what you've gone for? I went for the uh, Skunk and Nancy with Stoosh. Yeah, they headlined in 99. They're actually the last brand to play on the pyramid stage of that century it would have been yeah shit yeah Yeah, they were the last band pretty interesting uh i went for adele um with 25 because i basically just picked the album that i thought was most appropriate because that's the one she toured um at that time and then our last one was (coughs) submitted by john who put in the hat any headliner from this year so basically anyone who didn't get to play because of um the whole pandemic thing uh so we basically picked based on the most recent albums and we went for Kendrick Lamar and his album Damn um so before we go into that I think there's a bit of Glasto stuff we can talk about first I want to go on a little tangent as well about Kanye West but I'll save that Amos talked about Glastonbury weird one Glastonbury like it's I think it's very
1: much got a it's always had a Eclectic way of bringing in headliners, particularly. It's like you'd say, like, someone like, for example, it's about this. We'll talk about it. It's like Biffy Clyro haven't headlined Glastonbury, but Stormzy has. And I'd go as far to say Biffy Clyro would play bigger venues typically when they tour than Stormzy. Um, and we'll talk about it a bit with Skunk and Nancy as well. Like, they're not a big band. They weren't massive anyway. Um, it's the way they bring headliners in is a bit interesting and different. um It's quite weird that I've been thinking about this a lot when we're doing it. It's like, what? potential new headliners for Glastonbury um, in the coming years. Like obviously you've got the older bands, which have, are still yet to play and whatnot. So you could still have someone like Led Zeppelin, that they Reformed could play it, Guns N' Roses, stuff like that. But it's like the newer bands coming through. that's quite interesting. Um, it's, I'm, I'm struggling to actually think of too many. Like I mentioned Biffy Claro, their run of form and albums. I will talk about it with Kendrick, the three album curve idea is over. Yeah. He's, they missed it. Like they're they're not releasing bad albums. They're just releasing average albums, and it's so it's unlikely right. we're ever going to see them headline it. Um, Things have been the same. Yeah, same sort of thing. Um, one band, and I really have to say this through gritted teeth, that I think could be in with a shot is um, the
0: 1975. Oh God! I mean, when you yeah, that is yeah. bad. Isn't
1: um, it idols. Is- I don't. I'm not a massive idols fan, but if their current album, they won't. Be, they're not going to be massive, but they could be in the same position as Skunk and
0: Nancy, where they're just the band, so it's hard to... Catholic in The Bottle, man. That's a good shout, actually. Uh, they have a lot of potential. I think I criticised them quite openly on the podcast a few weeks ago. Actually, probably a couple of months ago now. And um I do think they still have potential to be a massive band. They just need to change their sound a bit, do something different, um show a bit of balls. Um Yeah, it's tough, like... I don't know. The, the danger is, I mean, right now you look at the biggest acts in the world and most of them are American and R&B and hip hop, which yeah. don't get me wrong, um, I obviously really like and Glastonbury have proved they're not scared of doing that but they can't build a headline set based off that genre. They can't, It's not what Glastonbury is. It's not that kind of... But yeah, they like. Uh, they always
1: like to have a British headliner as well at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they like, They like. obviously, they have Kendrick coming this year. Yeah, Kendrick,
1: Kendrick would have been everyone's tip for the next Glastonbury headliner well, coming up.
0: They've had Kanye. Um, so they've kind of... I, I would say Kendrick is probably, of this year's headliners, is probably the biggest that was coming. Yeah. Um, in terms of form,
1: I think as well. We'll talk about we'll we'll, um, yeah. we'll talk actually a bit about it with Adele. I think a bit in terms of like the form of when they're headlining and stuff. But yeah, I certainly,
0: I think you're right. I genuinely can't think of many. Um, it's weird. Like beyond the ones we've kind of discussed, there must be some others that we're not like thinking of right now. But like UK based, I mean, you maybe have someone like Dave who we talked about on the podcast. If you some more albums. Um, Obviously the grime scene in general, like Kano, um, he's quite big. And I think if he released a big album, he could certainly push uh, push that. It's tough though. You you are right. There's it's hard to see really where <laughs> where we're going. Yeah. Um I mean you look you could look at someone like I think Bring with the Horizon would have been
1: a potential shout, but their form again has dropped off and um they, I mean, last year when they did their headline in London, they were giving away free tickets or five pound tickets because they couldn't sell enough. Yeah, that. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm going to go down that sort of route of metal, like their bands like Slipknot and stuff, who are big, but I don't think they'd be headline size for Glastonbury because um, Glastonbury can stick someone like Slipknot on the headline in the, the other stage and stuff like that. So, like, it is a weird one with form, and I think it's almost a good thing a way that I mean, Glaston took that year off which I think, I think
0: actually one I've realized Lewis Capaldi probably if he keeps going the way he's going like, I don't really wrong. yeah one album is only a start but he he is at that point where he's like a household name um there are a few Freya Ridings she's quite big she played Glastonbury actually I think last year but not obviously headline um there are some... Yeah, it wouldn't be but, out there to say uh, something like Mahalia if she... I mean, we yeah, raked it out the last I episode. A albums. It's a bit bit interesting. Like, that Mahalia album has got, like, fuck all coverage, really. And yeah. we both loved it, obviously. But, like, it's interesting to think that those kind of albums are going to need to be bigger than they are if we're going to see artists like that headlining even.
1: If you want to go something like that, maybe someone like Michael
0: Kuranuka gets a bit more... Yeah, uh, he's like, played... He played the, He played... Uh, the evening sundown session and that is an incredible watch yeah. if you
1: and like if he gets a bit more of like a mainstream vibe or like appreciation yeah. oh, for his, no, 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 his follow-up to the one he just really oh, i forget the name of it there's, there's no there's no reason that he couldn't
0: yeah he's to be honest his last three albums have been great yeah. but like kiwanuka and love and hate are two incredible albums um and if you get a chance now and you're curious make sure you try and stick on that sunday evening session or sundown session or whatever it's called because um, it is incredible. He's so talented. <clears throat> it's pretty much. I mean, you
1: could say go if you're going to go pop. You could say someone like Dua Lipa. But
0: yeah, that's a good shout. I, I think that's
1: for I think for pop stars headlining Glastonbury, you have to almost be stadium level. i.e. Taylor yeah, Swift.
0: One, there tends to be one. Yeah. Um, but
1: like Katy Perry hasn't headlined it. She's played it. Kylium No didn't headline.
0: Wasn't Katy Perry meant to be this year?
1: No, it was Taylor Swift this year headlining. Yeah, yeah. Katy Perry played. This is bonkers, It was a mental runner backs on the main stage. It went, "Run the jewels." Katy Perry, Biffy Claro, Foo Fighters.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, Katie absolutely
1: Taylor. bonkers uh, yeah. run fight. Like. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Corbyn started it all off. He introduced "Run the jewels," and it just went. That's
0: sick. Just Foo Foo it. Referred, to, um, referred to Katy Perry during their set yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So before we go into this week's episode, it's interesting. Last week, well, I mean, we had an interesting discussion about separating artists and musicians. And someone we talked about in the episode was Kanye West. And some people will know um, he has declared himself as running for the US presidency. Um, And his policies are anti abortion, they're anti vaccine. He is basically wedging himself between voters and i've really concerningly already seen other rappers like yg come out and say that they would vote for him which is fucking insane you should not be saying this shit like this i we talked about this last week he ironically last week as well also released a song um two songs, one with Travis Scott, which I don't think is that good, and I know loads of people seem to be talking about as it. very good, but I really don't. I don't think it's anything special. And another one with FK twigs Ty Dollar Sign, and Skrillex, which actually is quite good. And it's funny because I listened to that I listened to it quite a lot, that song, but I don't know how I feel about it because it's literally like the exact discussion we have is now playing out in front of us because we have this one this guy acting fucking insane on one side and basically just completely like it pretty much endangering the chance, like increasing the chance that Donald Trump could be president in the USA, which I think most people, at least in the UK, I would hope most people would see as a bad thing. Yeah. Um, And then on the other side, you have this song he's released, which I quite like. (laughs) So I don't, it's weird. It's very weird. Yeah.
1: It's it's a, a, I mean, lot like the discussion of separate art from the artist sort of thing. It's, we, I mean, it's, it's kind of a reason we didn't pick him this week is because we actually, when we do it, we kind of want to have a bit of a fully, just dis- a big discussion about it. We've got a few potential themes where he might be brought up. But it is definitely a a hard one, I think, especially now. It's like you don't want to be shouting about Kanye West because any social media coverage gets him coverage. And it I I saw, needs to be I kind saw, of ignored at the moment, I think is the best way to put it.
0: I saw like all those funny t-shirts that was like... Um, west and uh musk 2020 it was like fuck it it's a simulation was the like tag which i get someone's made to be funny but like this shit isn't funny like they like when you have other rappers come out and saying stuff like yeah i'd vote for him like that's not good because like young voters are going to be swayed by that and young voters especially in the u.s carry a lot of weight because they're known to not have a great voter turnout it's the same in the uk um and if the young voters vote turned out, there would be a massive difference in lots of lots of election results. And it's pretty scary to think that this kind of impact, like someone we're going to talk about later today, obviously Kendrick Lamar, is kind of showing how a rapper and someone of that prominence can have a positive, well, I would perceive it as positive because of my political allegiances, but a impact in a political circle yeah. without having to basically, in, in my mind, no offense to Kanye, but like kind of he's sticking his foot in it and, and misjudging the situation. And like, I kind of understand some of his arguments. I think that, you know, he thinks that um, his whole like mentality is that um, the black population are being forced to vote for Democrats and they don't represent them that well. I can kind of see that, but if that's your opinion, why don't you try and work with the Democrat party to try and help that and solve that problem? Um, in all, work with the Republican Party and get them to solve that problem instead yeah. of, like, putting your wedge in the middle and saying you're anti-abortion because it's against God and that vaccines are playing with God's plan and stuff like that's.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's um, and like he's unlikely to win or anything, but also he's making almost a mockery of it at the moment as well, which is the
0: yeah. one and thing. the reality is, in a lot of states, for example, Michigan. Michigan was only one. By Trump last year by ten thousand votes. If those ten thousand people go and vote for Trump now, that shows uh, Trump. Sorry, for Kanye now, which is not it, it, like unlikely. He's quite a well-known. person. Yeah, he'll
1: get votes. Um, like yeah, nothing, that, he's, he's he... taking votes off of the potential to beat Trump essentially. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Um, uh, you'd like to think that it's a bit more of a publicity stunt, and he doesn't actually. Ma- materialise but you have to be a bit
0: with Kanye these days I don't I don't think he needs publicity stunts I've seen that argument put forward and I just don't this is a guy who could have an album go platinum like without really trying Yee went I'm pretty sure Yee went platinum and it's probably you wouldn't be surprised yeah and like he didn't even try much for that there wasn't much promotion but I think yeah rant over yeah uh, this is going to be the longest intro I've ever done. But um, I just needed to get that off my chest. Very frustrating.
1: Um, also, the reason we didn't pick him as well, a bit. Yeah, we didn't yeah. did want to have this whole discussion in full at the moment. Because yeah. he is... If you hadn't known, we do really like him as an artist, for the most part.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and it, but it's important to discuss, like I guess, what's going on. Um, and if you don't like politics, and you've just listened to us talk about politics for a bit, then I'm not even going to say I'm sorry. Because... <laughs> It's important to know what's going on. Yes, um, so, the theme for next week, we want to talk about really quickly yes. before we dive into this week's albums. Um, we are going to be doing a all fan suggested, so all listener suggestions uh, episode. Amos, do you want to tell them how they can stick their suggestions in?
1: Yeah, so it's um, if, if this is our ninth episode, so the next episode is our tenth. We didn't really think we'd We weren't sure whether we'd actually get this far it just started as a fun thing it still is just a fun thing but it's quite cool that we've got to 10 that's well i was gonna say 10 weeks it would actually be 11 weeks by the time we get there which is bonkers when you think about it um so essentially it's like normal just message us on instagram or facebook wherever email us whatever you want um but we, we kind of want something we've got to 10 episodes now we've got a lot under our belt so we'd be very grateful for every time every album you want to suggest it no, like i said no theme just anything you want could be bastille could be kanye could be anything soundtracked um les miserables whatever you want um but all we ask is that when you make your suggestion you share us uh whether it's on your story on your facebook um anything like that. tag us in it just so we can see it um and yeah so you can again up to three albums each chuck them in but just share it tell your mates tell your parents tell your work friends uh, um so we're, at, we're um, at a point now where we're going to see how, how big not big we can get this see how many people can actually listen to us
0: That's yeah it. um yeah i feel like now we're at 10 episodes we've kind of got our format down we're ready to see what happens um if you could so basically like amos said the way we'll be judging is you can dm us a suggestion um but what we'd like to see is people sharing the podcast so either the podcast thing from spotify or a screenshot of the podcast or the podcast Insta, whatever you want, just something on your story um, with us tagged. And then that will be logged as your suggestion. So that's all we need. Just one, one story. That's what has to be or a post, whatever you want to do. It's up to you um, with us tagged. And that's your suggestion put in Um, until you do that we will not be taking your suggestion. uh,
1: Reviews on iTunes always can't just screenshot your review or something like that. Yeah,
0: we like That That
1: that also helps us as well to get a bit more notice because I think it predominantly our listeners are still mostly people we know and have told to listen to in person. I think we definitely have a few people that listen to us outside of our circles, but um, we really want to try and push ourselves. Like you said, we've got, we've got uh, stuff under our belts now. We've got evidence that we're actually, and I'm quite proud of what we're putting out. Um, so really, it would be really cool if we could start getting more listeners and stuff like that. We've just hit 100 followers on Instagram, so you know, as far as we can. That's, that's kind of the goal now.
0: Okay, that's enough of an introduction. Very, very long. Thank you for bearing with us. Time to talk about a bit of Glastonbury albums. So up first, we have my selection, which was 25 from Adele. Um, she performed on the Saturday night at Glastonbury 2015, just after this album came out. Um, she managed to set a record that night for swearing the most, um, which was then beaten by the Foo Fighters. She was actually warned by the BBC to not swear. And then she proceeded to go and break that record. Um, (laughs) which just adds to, I think what makes in my mind Adele such a likable artist. Um, it's an incredible performance. I actually watched it again just this afternoon uh, while I was doing some uni work and I don't know, she's just a in- ridiculously talented performer as well as I think an incredibly, like I said, likable person. There's just this bit where as she's singing hello, like the lights come up and she sees how many people are in the crowd and she goes, fuck it now. It's just, you can't help but like her. Um, but a bit more about the album. Uh, so, it followed Twenty One, which some people will know is the most commercially successful album of this uh, century since 2000. Um, it's the only, she is one of the only, she is the only artist actually in the 2010s to have two albums go diamond, um, which is pretty impressive. So Twenty One and this. Now Amos, there is one. There are two artists that have got seven albums that have gone diamond one of whom is the Beatles. Do you know who the other one is? Is it more like Metallica? No, this is mental. i never even fucking heard of the bloke. Garth Brooks.
1: Isn't that the um, football bandit?
0: <laughs> I know, that's what I thought. Close. Garth, Garth Brooks, not Garth Crooks. But yeah, he is. Um, he's a, a country singer. That makes a lot of sense. That... <laughs> yeah. Um, the recording process for this album was a little bit uh, of a bumpy road, which is actually something that Adele seems to have all the time um I read up it on 21 as well and that went through so many different phases where she recorded it all live with Rick Rubin then she changed her mind and went back to the original recordings she had and then she kept some of them it's a bit patchy this is the same um she had like really bad writer's block during it and in a way I think you can kind of tell in the way some of the songs come out um I don't know, not all of them in my mind fit together quite exactly. Um, But it's still her iconic kind of soul style music with like mix of kind of more pop ballads and gospel stuff in there. And um, she is still using her ridiculous vocal range. Um, What did you think, Amos?
1: Um, As you mentioned, it's the follow up to 21, which is a phenomenal album. which I think leaves this in a quite a big shadow um and it's it does try to be a bit more poppy, so you know it does it's not just Adele saying, let's just make another twenty one so you've gotta have full respect for that it's very easy it could be very easy for her just to write the same collection of songs again essentially and just pop it out as a different title um but I do think there's a lot of producers on there which does like you said have a bit of a it doesn't feel like it fully knows what it is. Um, yeah. which is, can be fine for some albums because some of those albums, if you've got a collection of 10 songs that are just all over the place, they're all 10 out of 10. It's still a 10 out of 10 album. Problem here is I just it's just quite average throughout, I think. And like I said, when you're comparing it to 21, it's even more average, if that makes sense. Um, it's very easy to fall into a trap and just say she can sing well and just assume that her talent to be able to sing make, makes it a good album. Um but when you actually look past it, it's just not quite there. Um, look at Spotify, there's only one song from this album, the top five, the rest are from 21.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, my mindset with it is, uh, 21 is an album where there basically are no forgettable songs. I always, when we're listening through these albums, I always think about how, as bad as it sounds, how forgettable some songs can be on albums. I think back to some of the other albums we've talked of, and on some of them, there's been most of the album has been quite forgettable, and there's just been a few good singles. This album isn't quite to that level. When you again when you compare it to 21, where there are basically none that you can forget. Like you listen to that whole album and you think, okay, there, there is not a song out of place there. On this, there are a few that I think kind of tick that box. Um, send my love to your new lover. I really I remember that was big in the UK charts. I really didn't like it then. I don't really like it now. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. There are a few that just don't. So I, I, I've i got here that the slightly popular songs
1: don't actually work that well, I don't think. So like Water Under the Bridge and River Lee. I don't want to say they're like bad, TV. but they're just a bit
0: more. I like the theming of River Lee. I like that it is a nod to Tottenham and to her. Yeah, she's quite a proud London girl. I quite like that. And, you know, I kind of, I I like the fact that she's done that. But um, yeah, I agree. Those especially, yeah, Water on the Bridge is the other one that I don't love. Um, it's a little bit of Karen music, isn't
1: it? It's just a bit, it's a bit easy. I don't know whether it was, she intended for it to be like that, but it does seem like it's a, like we said she's trying something new and that's, but I felt like it did lack that focus. And when you haven't got the songs to back it up, it's just not quite there.
0: And I, like- I think it's easy when you've had an album before this that was 21 that's obviously as good as it is we have had this a few times on the podcast we've talked about albums that have preceded or followed big albums um it's easy for us to kind of let that sway the discussion if this was to be released on its own how do you think you'd feel because i think I would still think it's a pretty good album. I don't think it would think it would be amazing, but I still would think it's a pretty good album.
1: I'd, if it was released on its own, I'd still think it's pretty average. Like I don't, this is the thing is, it's not copying 21, so it's a different sound. So it's not like you're left there yeah. thinking, I want to listen to 21 now. It's just, yeah, It's just, yeah, yeah. It's just for me, it's just a, quite an average album. It's not bad, but it's not really got any great moments in it. It's got some good moments. Um, like yeah. you said there are forgettable st- songs on there. Um I think I, have to
0: say, I, I think Hello is an incredible song. Oh I know, uh, yeah. And that that at Glastonbury actually is her opening song is amazing. One thing that isn't on this album, which was released like around the same time is Skyfall, which is in my mind one of the most best modern Bond songs. As oh, yeah, well as British Cornell. Can... You know my name she which that, album. that was amazing. she nailed the Bond song and stuff like it's yeah. a weird one, but I think she
1: it's it, there's a sort of ugh, there's an element of confidence in this album I think so like if we're going to look at Glastonbury and a set list there um She played seven songs from twenty one and five from twenty five yeah went head and while I understand it's Glastonbury you know you've got to pull out the hits when you're touring and when you're doing it on that album, it says a lot. Like when you don't support it, so like we'll talk about it with Kendrick. But like, when if Kendrick were to headline, he'd have a predominantly dam and the and he'd uh led uh, he did
0: when, I, yeah, when,
1: I when, when I saw him at the festival as well, he had a predominantly dam led set list. Um, the, um the dam, dam is better compared to this, but it's that sort of thing. It's like you would typically the thing see...
0: I would quickly say on that theme is like, so for example, I was I saw the Arctic Monkeys play Tranquility Base Hotel, um. Uh, that tour and they played i uh, Shit You Not." I'm pretty sure it was just three songs from that album. Yeah. That's when you know it's kind of like not to that standard. However, obviously this is a Glastonbury themed episode. Did you get a chance to watch the set?
1: I watched. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I would. I've watched snippets of it on YouTube, so like the BBC songs and okay. stuff, just to get an idea.
0: The ending of someone like you, that is actually ridiculously good. That is like an incredible performance. And the way she leaves the stage and the whole crowd is still singing it is pretty fucking sick.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, she's... Um, for someone that isn't really a performer and isn't really... Didn't really have any intention of getting massive as big as she has. Um, she has this... Like you said, it's her likability, but she has this amazing way of just holding a crowd in the palm of her hand.
0: It's so... Connects with people.
1: What I'll say, like, I know we trying not to compare it too much to 21. 21, the songs went on journeys and they were really, they, they drew you in, you were connected to them. Whereas I felt with this album, you just, you weren't quite sort of, like, it, this quality of the songs on from that set list was what really helped Adele not have to be a performer. She could just be herself. And sit. Whereas I feel like if she were to perform, say, flip it around and do seven songs from 25 and five from 21 on that Glastonbury, there would have been moments, I think, where the crowd might have just got lost a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think ironically, um, like we kind of touched on it, if you were to put Hello onto 21, it wouldn't sound out of place. Not at all. But then, like, and it's the best song on probably on 25. I mean, I did not say I'm gonna pick it, but <clears throat> I'm not, I actually do have another couple listed down ahead of it, so. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think if you get a chance, again, Really recommend going and watching that one. Um, it's a really good set. It's 90 minutes, as most of the headline sets are. Some of them go on a bit longer. Um, yeah, I'd be a Foo fight. Yeah. you play for three hours with Queen covers and stuff. Yeah, but I mean,
1: that is incredible as well. i watched um, that. I yeah, and yeah, honestly, I'd say, if you've never actually properly listened to 21, you've just heard the singles I've listened to 21 because it's a genuine modern
0: classic. Yeah, there are a lot of songs on there that are slept on. Um, the story as well of how it's recorded is pretty nuts. Um, if you go and look up that, she kind of went through all these journeys. Um, there's also something to be said for, and I actually didn't, someone I saw, I think this was on Twitter or something, when they were replaying it last week. Um, last week, now two weeks ago. Fucking hell, on um, the BBC Glastonbury thing. Someone pointed out, if you watch the Adele set and you look in the background, there's this genuine feeling you can see on the musicians' face where they are just like, like in awe almost of her. Like there's a violinist, I think, where literally you can see her just being like, "Holy shit! Like this is incredible," and that says a lot to me. Like you see, obviously, bands play a lot together and they're so used to it. But when you see something like that, it's pretty special. Like, yeah, and you, you
1: I think you definitely. It's, we're not saying she's not talented by any means, and like that, like you said, that performance is sensational. It's just ultimately. For me, this album—it would, you know, as good as the set was. This album is just a bit disappointing. But at the same time, I don't think she could have headlined Glastonbury on twenty-one. I don't think she was an accomplished a performer at that yeah. point. Um, so this album, while well, I know we said at the start about form bands and form artists headlining Glastonbury, this album is isn't a bad album as such. It's got the good sort of singles and stuff on it, and I think it's shown her to be more accomplished as a musician and a person which then gave her the opportunity to be able to hold the crowd in the way she did at the Glastonbury headline set.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. I think that is everything on 25 by Adele. Uh, We will be picking our songs that we'll be saving at the end of the show. For
1: my pick this week, I went for Skunk and Nancy with Stoosh. Um, it's probably quite a, probably one of the lesser-known headliners, often forgotten. Um, prominent British rock band in the '90s, quite a unique sound, which is similar, quite synonymous with rock bands in the '90s, particularly the guitar tone. Um, we'll talk about that a lot more, but it's similar to something like the Chili Peppers and parts as well. I think um, they headlined it in 1999 alongside REM and the Manic Street Preachers, um, just to give you an idea of the. Uh, other bands on the bill uh, outside of REM and Manish Street breaches you have. They were so obviously they were headlining above bands like Bush, Smash Mouth, Queens of the Stone Age, Chemical Brothers, and Lenny Kravitz. And on the New Blood stage that year was Coldplay and Muse. Fucking hell! So, um, quite a sort of where they were sort of right. I think they're right in this sort of midpoint between <coughs> um, like generations of bands exposing Potentially why they got a uh, headlined uh, were able to headline Um, they are their lead vocalist skin was the first black female to headline um, and could be suggested to be the first black British artist artist to headline although Maxine from the prodigy headlined in 1997 so you probably go Maxine but then skin being the first black female to headline uh, and British as well which is quite a big thing you know it's um, but I think it's more their current standing which is why they're overlooked rather than their standing then uh, yeah. Tickets were only £83 to Glastonbury in 1999 A little fun fact about 1999 um, They actually headlined it on their follow-up to Stoosh Which we are talking about, uh, which is called Post-Orgasmic Chill uh, The reason I chose Stoosh is just because bringing in a band that, And an artist that most of you probably haven't heard of Or haven't listened to, I wanted to bring in a, what I thought was their best album if that makes sense um, which and so Stoosh was released in 1996, uh, and it's definitely a very 90s album. It's got a few big singles on it, um, but I'm quite intrigued to see what you think, Jack. Because it's a bit—I think it's quite different to what we've had before from any sort of rock group and stuff. It's quite unique.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna be honest. I literally knew basically fuck all about Skunk Nancy. Before. I'd heard a few songs. Like um, when I went to listen to some of their stuff, I'd recognised a few on. Um, they also have one of the weirdest Spotify pages I've ever seen because four of the five of their most listened songs aren't their own songs. Um, aren't they? No, they're like other people's songs that they've like featured on or remixed or something. It was like that when I looked, anyway. I was surprised. Um, like I said, they're, they're, they're a very 90s band, so
1: they're not very prominent nowadays.
0: Yeah, it's quite weird. Oh, they um, are, yeah,
1: Bastille and all that. Yeah,
0: yeah it's very odd. Um, they have one of my favorite sets of uh names in terms of firstly skunk and nancy and nancy is the Ghanaian spider-man and skunk they just picked to make it sound more like hardcore um then the names that obviously you said skin then they have the guitarists uh cass and ace and then the drummer Mark Richardson. <laughs> he doesn't have a nickname. It's a very it's drumming Mark, name, isn't it? Very drumming name. Mark, Mark Richardson. Sounds like he's vice president of sales at some I don't know, like paper company like The Office. Literally like Mark Richardson. So that made me laugh. Um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed listening to this. It's got a lot of um a lot of quite political songs, which obviously was in the nineties quite common. Yeah, um, it was, I think
1: it's particularly we'll talk about skin, but obviously she was a um gay black female
0: a bisexual, bisexual
1: bisexual um yeah. so which is huge because like they are they are still a big band like i think they still play brixton they were announced and stuff but, like that they're not small
0: yeah. yeah yeah um they also had a big comeback as well in the late noughties i believe where they managed to get a song to quite high in some charts but um yeah i don't know it's weird because they when you look at them headlining at the time it doesn't seem like it was that out of place and yet now obviously I imagine like myself a lot of our listeners may not have even heard of them um they have what I quite like this this album in terms of its mix of topics well obviously it's political but it also talks about like being a band and uh I forgot what the song's called but there's one that basically just talks about how they get surrounded by I think it's the second song on the album which talks about how they get surrounded by people that love money and like how what that's like as a band almost um Skin is also an incredibly talented vocalist. I like we talked about Adele. Skin's range and the different like ways she uses her voice on this album are pretty absurd. That's
1: yeah, insane. Um my, my notes, I think this might be and this is could be considered a hot take. I think this is the best vocal performance we've covered so far on the podcast. And I think it's better than Adele on 25. Um, right. <laughs> hugely hot take. The way she um Uh, throws her voice so she can go from these piercing screams to these really soft, subtle um, style. If you actually want to see a really good example of her voice outside of this record search uh, Skunk and Nancy Bjork Top of the Pops on YouTube and they perform Army of Me and it's fucking sensational. I mean it's obviously separate to this album but it is genuinely one of the best TV performances you'll see Um, and that also shows their size as well the fact they were performing with someone like Bjork who is still fucking massive and still would probably headline Glastonbury if she played. Um, uh, so, but yes, that skin's voice is hundred percent the focal point of this. Um, she's the focal point of the band by everything. I mean, the there are there's so much more than her in going on, but the way she throws her voice on like the slower songs like she's my heroine uh, hedonism, but then something like twisted where it's got this really poppy hook. Um, yeah. Uh, And then you've got some like, yes, it's fucking political, which is angry and aggressive. And she's got, she just has such a plethora of talent and ways to use her voice. And it's all showcased in this album.
0: Um, There's um, one of my favourite stories, actually, that we've covered so far is from this album. And it's the story behind Glorious Pop Song, which was originally called something else. They had this realisation where when after like they'd prepped it and they were going to record it, they realised that the record label was going to probably like it as a single a little bit too much and it was probably a little bit too poppy for what they wanted to have be known as. So they just added a shitload of swear words and changed the name of it just to stop the record label from putting it out as a single, which I quite liked. I thought that was pretty smart.
1: Yeah, they're, they're very... Um, yeah, they've definitely <clears> got that sort of punk attitude to them. Sort of like, fuck you sort of attitude. Um, we've mentioned the skin quite a bit there, but I also think the guitar playing on this is brilliant. Like, it's got this... So in the... 80s typically with guitar playing the lead guitarist would take the forefront you know slash Van Halen etc there'd be the there'd be uh almost fighting with the front man or the vocalist um to get the most attention on the stage and in, in records and not with solos whereas in the 90s I think that definitely changed where the guitar playing was a lot more subtle but it still had a very a swagger about it without dominating the song and without fighting the um, vocalist it would often play off each other quite well. And the guitar work on this where it's very subtle from the solos to the I mentioned Chili Peppers. If you think someone like John fashanti the way he gets that sort of bounce almost in songs. Um, it's got that star, that guitar tone, very I'd say prominent with the alt rock of the nineties, even someone like Smash and Pumpkins have a similar tone, or even Queens of the Stone Age as well, if you have to go to something like that. Um and it really helps to boost skin's vocal performance. Like we've said that she's definitely the highlight of this record. Um yeah, I, I I've, don't actually listen to Skunk and Nancy that much, but as such, I was still very, I don't want to say surprised, but how much I liked this record compared to how much I thought I liked Skunk and Nancy. If that makes sense. So I really like this record. I'm going to be going back to it a lot now to listen to it. And it's quite cool that I was able to bring this forward and cover it. Um, what, what's your thoughts as a whole, Jack? Because I'm, like I said, it's a bit
0: different to what you um, do. Well, so I liked it. It didn't blow my socks off. I'm not going to say it's forgettable, but it's not like you say you're going back, I probably won't go back to this that much. Um I still liked it. I enjoyed listening to it. I quite like the um I like the milk is my sugar, just a random incredibly sexual song just throwing out of nowhere. Um I like I know yeah I like the album. I just I don't know to me it I think it kind of just blended in with a lot of similar kind of sounding stuff that I've heard. Obviously, I was impressed by the vocals and I was impressed by, um, I guess, the fact that this was such a big band. Well, not such a big, but like such a kind of successful band back then that I'd really not heard much of. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I'm not going to be sticking it in my top 200 albums of all time. Yeah, I I, 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 know. Me neither. I think there's no,
1: um, the weird thing about this album, the weird thing about post-clasmic chill is that there's no pop songs on there there's no massive song still like so the fact they managed to get up to headline
0: well that's reflected in their spotify
1: yeah 100 percent, and that's like reflected in how the 90s was i think very much um even though like someone like the manic street preachers were headlining in
0: 99 is quite a yeah now actually i did want to ask you something um what is their association with italy because this album went three times platinum in italy and Skin was a judge on the Italian X Factor in 2015. I don't understand. It, I, it was I couldn't find any explanation for it. It's just one of those things, isn't it?
1: Because like some bands yeah. are like
0: Rodriguez when he well, really like, yeah, like we
1: had, we had uh, Owen Hill our guest on his band got man, made like a m- bunch of listeners in Brazil and stuff like that. Yeah, so,
0: yeah.
1: And they've never actually been to Brazil. Um, yes, yeah, Ben. I mean, I think Skunk and that, uh, Skin was actually on the Masked Singer. As well the UK version
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so they're not like small and I think like you said they're very political as well Skin's been very vocalist very vocal in her time um, yeah. in when she's had the spotlight to talk about things um, yeah and also like we said it's uh, it was a huge thing being the first uh, black female to headline black British female um, as well and like we said uh, second black British artist to headline after Maxine with the prodigy in 97 uh, but I think, I think that pretty much covers most of it I don't think there's too much more to that because like we said it's a bit of a smaller album and a smaller band
0: yeah, um, just quickly we have to say that is fucking mad that it took that long till 97
1: but in, in truth there weren't too many I mean yeah, in, on I that, like it's it's the way music was it's not the fact there weren't good artists no 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 it's the way like and the fact that it and the fact that even then Stormzy was when he headlined was the first black British headliner since then yeah um yeah which shows there's a definitely
0: um even when we discussed earlier we could only really think of a few examples of people that could yeah i mean and that's even in our minds i would be i would as much as i would love to see it i would be surprised if i saw dave up there like i'd like to see yeah right
1: i mean he definitely had one of the more iconic performances obviously had the what's his name the kid come on stage with him but he definitely had a yeah um more, one of the more iconic Glastonbury performances in recent years, outside of the headline slots. Yeah, I just yeah, I think this is that they're, they're relevant for what they did and their sort of um, when they did it sort of thing. I think, and like you said, the last band to play in the nineties. So yeah, that's another thing. To I guess we'll move on to our listener pick next.
0: What well, was that listener pick? Listener, mouth just stopped working. <laughs> So album number three comes from my very dear friend, John Fox. Um, He put forward any artist from this year that was meant to be headlining. Uh, So that was, I think I spoke to him. He said he was drunk and he meant to message us to ask. We accidentally put it in the submission box. He was kind of asking a question, but it turned out we just used it as a suggestion. Um, But uh, So that gave us with a choice of Taylor Swift. Um, who's the other one? Paul McCartney. Oh, God, yeah, Paul McCartney. Um, and Kendrick. So the obvious choice at those three was probably Kendrick um, because we've actually also both seen him live. So we can kind of...
1: Yeah, on this cycle as well. Him.
0: Yeah, and yeah for this album. So we can talk a little bit about what it would have been like or what it could be like when he does get to play. Um, so that does help. Whereas I, I haven't seen Taylor Swift, of you?
1: No, but I was um, a steward for her when she played Hyde Park.
0: That's a weird little fact.
1: Yeah. Absolutely random there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, so let's move on to Dan. Um, it is Kendrick's fourth album. Yeah, fourth, fourth album, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fourth studio album. Uh, it is ludicrously reviewed. Um, 95 score on Metacritic. I think it's our highest ever. I think it must be our highest Ever, um, yeah, I would have thought so, yeah, because you talk, we talked obviously about some of the big ones we've done, like Oasis, that retrospectively got given very good scores, but actually at the time weren't greatly reviewed. Uh, so I think this is probably number one now. Um, if you look through the track list, it's got some of the biggest songs of the last three years, full stop, regardless of like genre. Um, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, like some, oh, I mean, the big one being Humble is... Yeah, I mean, beyond Humble, really, like, Love is obviously a huge uh, feel element. Loyalty with Rihanna. I mean, the list is is insane. Um, this album is one of my favourite albums. I know Amos and I have discussed briefly, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, The Precedents. Um, obviously, he had two huge albums before this, Good Kid, Mad City, and... Uh, to Pimple Butterfly both of which are ridiculous albums and I will concur that this album does not push the boat out as much as those two in terms of those two both added kind of new styles and new sounds they kind of helped form who Kendrick was I feel like this album is him knowing who he is and just putting it out there Um, the sampling and production on this album is insane, the way he flows the tracks together is ridiculous, it's like a it is a ridiculously listenable album from start to finish. I don't think that many people will have done that because that's not the era we live in. I know a lot of people that have spoken to me in general about this podcast and have said that, oh, I, I actually don't think about listening to albums like that anymore because of the Spotify era we live in, where you can just add shit to Q. I don't don't blame you. Like till we started doing this, I was very similar. Um, the flow from blood into DNA at the start is an incredible like opening duo of tracks the samples at the end of blood where he basically uses the Fox news report where they on, um, what's it called? It's called like the five or something where these two disgusting Fox news hosts criticise one of his lyrics from, um, to Pimple Butterfly where he said that, uh, we hate the popo going to kill us in the street for show. And, uh, this lady Kimberly Guilfoyle, who is an incredibly horrible lady says, I don't like that. That nap for me, nap for me. And, um, She's a hot. I did a bit of research on her. She's yeah, a hot.
1: Practice that accent a bit, didn't you? No, not she's, even. That's, that's the re- that's the reason your voice actually went because you were practicing a bit too much.
0: I, it's actually quite a good impression, I think. Um, but uh, she is a member of the U.S. Super PAC, the biggest PAC, which is like a funding, basically an independent funding group for Donald Trump. Um, now, instead of being on Fox, so she's a lovely lady. We really like her on this podcast. Yeah, she's
1: too. one of our heroes.
0: Yeah, we really. If you're listening, Kimberly. Um thank you. Yeah, if you want if you want to be a guest, come on, please. Yeah. Thank you for being a horrible bitch. Um so yeah, I just think that's incredible. DNA is an amazing song. Um then the track list just goes on and you have what like element after that. Um then humble and feel. I think it's feel, then humble.
1: Humble drops really late on. Well not late on, but like just after the mid section.
0: Um but yeah, I mean, I, I just love this album so much. Um, seeing it live is incredible. He does, when I saw him, he did the whole, it was on his damn tour in Australia. He did the whole Kung Fu Kenny um, setting for it, which was really cool. Did you see him after the Black Panther album or before? Yes. So he played all the stars. Yes. Yeah. Because
1: his- I was going to say, we, we, I, when I saw him as well, because uh, so technically his most recent album is the Black Panther album it's a bit of a weird technicality
0: yeah the problem is if we do that i feel like we'd have to talk a lot about the features because that, yeah, no, I, that is, it's, it's, it's,
1: a, it's a collaboration album they put together yeah,
0: it is, yeah it's, it's kendrick and, and friends and a lot of it actually kendrick and j-rock um kind of building the album together instead of it, it he's just the curator almost um but again that yeah. album's fucking sick yeah it well. was this
1: this is definitely a body of work i think i want to kind of pick pick you up on something you mentioned and how this album flows from one to one, which I think is true, 100% true it does, but it's definitely more of a singles led album than To Pimp a Butterfly, which I think is a genuine masterpiece. I think To Pimp a Butterfly is one of the greatest rap albums ever
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. one thing I'll caveat that with is when you think of To Pimp a Butterfly, that features a lot of ad-libs and interludes um, that he uses to kind of thread the story this doesn't have that so much I if not at all actually i don't think this, i've seen what it. It, well, i kind of got with this and i
1: mean we, obviously it's hard not to because we spoke about it with adele as well in the sense that he has this is the follow-up to to, to pimper Pimp butterfly which like i said is i think it's one of the greatest draft albums ever he hasn't gone in and tried to do what he did on Pimper butterfly and create i'd say i want to i'm going to use the term masterpiece in the sense of how he um worked and like you said um just, narrative and the ad-libs and stuff and the revolutionary things he did on to be butterfly he's gone into this and has just gone i'm just going to make a fucking great record essentially is what i've kind of gathered when i listen to the two compared to each other um because this is me like digging damn at all um you know the fact that this is him following up so essentially he had good kid uh which is uh i think more similar to this than this is to be butterfly in that sense um, which definitely was when he kind of burst onto the scene because of obviously how good it was, then to follow up to pin Butterfly and then to have to follow up to pin Butterfly, he's just gone, you know what? I'm just going to go straight back to what I do well. And it's something I mentioned at the start about this three album curve where typically um, happens for all bands. Like you can look at almost all big bands when they hit their fall. It tends to be three albums. They do it in the sense that they'll have the one that breaks them out, whether it's the debut, their third, the second, whatever. That'll be the album that, you know it's a can't easily be a 10 out of 10 like but it's just it pops out and then you've got this follow-up to that which is the one that everyone obviously it's the follow-up to the album that burst once it's one that's all the pressures on and then the third album is often the the end of it because it's led either them reaching their pinnacle or it's them just realizing that they don't need to do what they did on their second one that makes sense um and this is that like it's not it's not To be Butterfly. It's not pushing as many boundaries as To pin Butterfly did, but it's still just fucking amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you can, couldn't really put that much better myself. Um, it is one of those where if you were to look at each one of those albums objectively, I think you would describe them each as one of the best albums of this decade. He released three of them in the same decade. He is probably one of the defining artists of that decade. Well, is now that decade. Um, It's pretty insane um, to think what what he kind of has put together. Um, I know. I think. I guess we should probably a little bit talk about it from a live sense because obviously part of that is we did get into the
1: Glasgow set. Yeah. So.
0: So what? What are your memories of seeing him live? What What stands out to you? Do you think he would have done the Glastonbury stage justice? as I guess. 100 oh,
1: percent. I think. So this was this released in twenty seventeen. I think I saw him. I think it might be twenty seventeen. What was it? Twenty eighteen. Might be twenty
0: eighteen. Yeah, I Literally, saw in twenty eighteen.
1: I think it might be twenty eighteen because the Kung Fu Kenny
0: routine. Twenty fourth yeah. of
1: July. Yeah, I was looking at the set list earlier. Um, essentially, he. The big thing for me there was the anticipation. Like he at that point, when we saw him, was the biggest artist in the world. Yeah. So like yeah. he was you can't even debate that he was the biggest biggest artist in the world. Um is it's a weird one because like now, it, 2020, I'm not saying he's not big at all because he's still fucking huge. The way the news cycle works with hype and stuff and music, it can often be lost. And I think he's headlined it one year too late. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. It's an interesting one because of how I think there's still gonna be a huge anticipation for it. You know, like when Kanye headlined or Jay Z headlined, Jay Z did headline it, he? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there was all this anticipation just because of how big they are and they're, f- <laughs> they're finally headlining. Whereas with this one, it's like he's now hitting the point where you're kind of expecting a follow up to Damn. Mm. It's been what, well, it, it, but it's been three years. Well, this um, yeah. uh, isn't like, Saying anything, but it's more like a—he's very much at the end of the touring cycle for damn. Like this, Glastonbury set would have been his send-off for dam I would—I would imagine, yeah. almost, uh, or at least I in the U- at least in the UK.
0: We may see new stuff. I mean, he's like we say—he's—he's quite—he's what is called conscious rap, which I don't really like as a term. It's a bit demeaning. Conscious rap? No, it's—it's it's not. It's I mean, saying it's conscious is like saying all other rappers. <laughs> not conscious therefore which is illogical yeah no. um, but it is his style is obviously very he talks very politically um which we've kind of discussed on this podcast we quite like um he will therefore likely i would expect be releasing something in the coming months maybe in within the next year based on the situation that is occurring across the pond in the u.s um
1: there's actually probably that. a chance that he's maybe delayed putting it out because obviously if you're writing political statements and then some. Yes. what has happened recently with the Black Lives Matter movement is um, certainly something that if you're writing you then, especially on Kendrick.
0: On that topic of Black Lives Matter movement, um, he has basically written an anthem, a modern anthem, for the civil rights movement in the US in all right. Yeah. Like, that's played at protests everywhere, like for the Black Lives Matter movement, like... Which is obviously from "To Pimp a Butterfly," but I mean, King Kunta as well kind of fills that role. Sinister, yeah, um, oh. yeah. I, I mean, I when I remember seeing him live, like the visuals with it are so cool. Um, yeah, he brings think, a very fun element to his live set, despite being quite political. Yeah, you also, to be honest, like I'd listen to. I would be honest, like I think basically all of his discography. But you forget how many fucking big songs he has, and how good they are at filling an arena. I saw him in an arena um, in Australia, but I think Glastonbury would be fine. Like oh, yeah. they have big songs, like with big beats and big sounds. Like it would definitely. Oh yeah. Create- I, I d- I, my comment there wasn't uh, criticism. No, I think, no, no, th- no, 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 I,
1: I think they'll definitely be this. Like when I said when I saw him, I saw him headline a festival, so I. S- Got to feel that huge anticipation as people are waiting for him, and yeah, when you go, to, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of listeners have been to festivals. When you go to festivals, some headlines are just everyone's there because they just know it's gonna be good. Whereas some headliners, it's kind of like a this is gonna be something else set sort of thing. this is like the expectation, the anticipation for it was there because people were like, he was the best artist. I'd still think he is the best rapper on the planet at the moment in terms of what he's putting out, um, yeah. what he's done. Um, like i said, it's just hard to say that without him having a recent work, uh. But yeah, I think like there's a strong chance he could have dropped new stuff, even if it's just a new beat, like a sample. Like I know a lot of rappers like doing stuff like that, where they don't necessarily play a yeah. complete new song, but they do a little interlude with beats. That's some
0: features here and there.
1: Um Yeah, he's been he's not be, he's been active since this album. It's not like he's yeah um, yeah I, I I was very excited to see how he handled the the set because obviously someone like Taylor Swift is experienced at this sort of thing. You know, she's going to bring a party. Paul McCartney's Gonna be a bit boring, but it appeals to the older Glastonbury audience, doesn't it? Paul
0: um, oh, just reel out the hits, maybe play a few self-indulgent numbers, and call it a night. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, I think so it probably be fun, But yeah. like, well, yeah. my, my
1: opinion on the Beatles is a bit different, so I'd, I definitely wouldn't be watching him headline. Is the one thing I'd say that.
0: <laughs> briefly touched on that. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, that is kind of everything. Yeah, I, I want. I want to make the a point. We should
1: be here for hours. Yeah, um, yeah it be on. like one thing I do want to make with Dan is he's done something that no one has been able to do for a long time, like a very long time, and that's made you two sound good.
0: <laughs> I was, I going to say actually that because I am going to pick that song later. Yeah. The
1: that bit exactly. where the bit when Bono comes in is cool and soulful, and yeah, like I know.
0: Yeah. it's. Also, that, that the change ups in that song are
1: sick it's amazing like it's one of these songs that you just listen to and you kind of almost you forget you two are involved in it because it's good yeah. that, that's it's like you two yeah, you two have um when it's, without going on time, you two actually do have some really good albums in their catalogue as much as people like to pick on them um I actually almost picked them last week I was tempted to
0: they kind of just shut themselves but up. In, in the last
1: last 20 years almost they've been well let's say 15 10 15 they've been a bit shit yeah, um,
0: I, I mean you can't forgive that yeah I just, so, that forgivable. that's why I, 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 almost,
1: I, I almost picked it last week for that exact reason <laughs> just but then it had to be I have to enjoy it and I don't enjoy it so. um, but no so like the fact that he's willing to use artists outside of rap as a feature and stuff
0: the features uh, on this album actually quickly yeah well. I've
1: got to note about um, there's only three uh, they don't uh, dominate, dominate the album at all they're, they're very subtle like you wouldn't listen to it necessarily and go oh that's I mean you do a with around, but it wouldn't be like I can't wait for Rihanna to come in on this, or I can't wait for the Bono bit. It's all part of the song. It's still done like um, I'll use Kendrick as an example. Actually, uh, on NERD's album, uh, they full of features as they love to do. It's not a thing, um, but there's a song "Don't Do It" where Kendrick comes in, and you and actually the same with the Andre 3000 feature on a different song on that record. Um, you're always waiting for the feature, whereas with these. They're just part of the song. They're not like, I can't wait for this one. I can't wait for this. It's like you don't listen to it and think, oh, that's a cool feature. You listen to it and think, that's a cool song, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which shows how good it is. Um, truly.
0: So that is Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Um, We will now be talking about which albums we'll be saving and which songs we'll be making to our playlist. Okay,
1: now it's time for the part of the podcast where we decide which albums we're saving for the apocalypse and which songs we're going to save and put into the playlist. Uh, So obviously this week we're talking about Glastonbury Headliners. We'll start with Jack's pick with Adele 25. Um, I mean, I I might as well start. As you could probably tell, I was quite, I don't want to say negative, but I wasn't blown away or overwhelmed with this album at all. Um, So pretty average for me. I'm not I'm Sorry, I'm choosing not to save. I don't know about you, Jack. I don't know whether you were thinking to save it or not
0: um so i like this album as i kind of said Def- definitely but, more than i do i think <clears throat> yeah but i also agree i don't want to save it i think as a body of work like as this whole piece it's not enough on the whole i always tend to kind of think of it in terms of are there more songs i like than i don't or like does the album stand out to me and to me it's a no purely just because I don't think it is as complete a piece of work as we know Adele can put together.
1: Yeah. I think it's,
0: um, I think it's, like you said, it's quite forgettable in parts as well. Yeah, um, and we have, we have set a precedent, obviously, with Frank Ocean, um, which we and Amos now refer to kind of as the Ocean Rule, um, where if there is a better album, we kind of need to keep that in mind. So for that, I'm going to apply it here.
1: Yeah, agreed. So, unfortunately, Dell 25 you're being left behind. Hopefully we have a chance to talk about 21 at some point and may choose to save that one. Uh, so, what song do you reckon you're going to go for, Jack? Um, I'm going to let you go first because but I have a horrible feeling you're going to take the song that I want to pick. So, really? Really?
0: yeah. I'll um, that'll be nice. I am going to go for... I know there's a couple on here that I kind of liked. Um... I'm going to go for uh, Remedy Oh, um, because it sounds a little bit different to a lot of the stuff she does but she still is quite a good song. It's the first song that was actually written on the album which you can, I feel like you can almost kind of hear in terms of it's like it's the most other than obviously Hello it's one of the most like <coughs> clear songs in terms of the, the thought process behind it.
1: That's, that's interesting. So that was actually my backup pick because okay, I was expecting well, you to pick Hello, which, okay, as we've mentioned, yeah. is is the best on there. So we, I, I think we've both reached quite a big agreement on that one in terms of. Yeah.
0: No, I love Hello, but I also feel like I always pick the big single. So I want to pick the You big wanted one. to shake it off. <laughs>
1: no, and uh, no, I think that that's quite, I think they probably are the two best songs on the record as well we've picked there. Um, so there's no disagreements on that one. Yeah. So up next is the typical Amos wildcard pick of Skunk and Nancy and Stoosh. Um, you were, I don't want to say lukewarm, you are positive about it, but you obviously mentioned that it's not entirely, didn't grab you in his pap, as much as it grabbed me. So I would, I'm going to choose to save this for, one, I think it's a really good album, but two, my argument being as well as the, it shows what Glastonbury can, what a band can do at Glastonbury, in terms of they don't have to be huge, massive, like, but they yeah. can just, um, and also the, uh, you know, being the first black uh, British headliner, uh, brick female British headliner, I should say as well. It's a huge thing.
0: So I think on the principle of this week's theme, that makes sense. Um, if I was to talk about it solely as the album, I would say, no, I don't really want to save it. I don't feel like it does quite enough. For me, when you think about the stuff, the other stuff we have saved and the kind of the rule we've set now, I don't think it does quite enough to be listed amongst those. I know we have some albums maybe in there that people may not agree with, but like, um, I mean, if they go and listen, hopefully their mind will be changed. Um, but like, I'm unsure. But I think... I'm going to go with yes because I kind of agree with your argument about Glastow, but it would have to be a yes with an asterisk based upon that. You know? A bit
1: like the Mahalia rule with Mahalia was a no with an asterisk.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. I think if we pick this as a different theme or if they say this was suggested for next week from listeners, we'd be a bit like, I really love this album, but I, I kind of do get what you mean. There are mo- moments on it. There's a song, which we'll, I'll talk about in a sec, which I listened to non-stop and the fact that I was listening to that more than the album itself the one song sh- suggests that the album isn't yes uh, that I makes just sense. Listening,
0: to Riddell, listening to the first kind of four songs and then after that it's kind of yeah
1: apologize. no I, I, I fully get but like I said it's going to be a little the relevance of it to Glastonbury um and you know if we're going to save a skunk and antsy album it's going to have to be for that reason and yeah. the way they are okay. So, uh, so it's a little another Mahalia rule so we've gone from the Ocean rule to the Mahalia rule uh, in two of these uh, so we're yeah. saving we are saving Skunk and Nancy with Stoosh so Jack again I'll let you go first what song are you going to save?
0: Uh, I want to save yes it's fucking political because I like that and I like the idea that she's calling out the whole music industry for trying to be naive and fucking pussies about politics when actually politics is in absolutely everything and you like I don't know it's a rant of mine <laughs> but like I don't like when people say things like, oh, but it doesn't affect me. Like, oh, I don't care. It's like, or like music and m- music and politics shouldn't mix. But Same as like sport was, and politics shouldn't mix. Like you can't people
1: help. People were confused when they found out Raging Machine were political and stuff like that recently.
0: But it's like, that's how, that's how society works. It's like,
1: like it's, it's, it can't politics, not be involved.
0: Yeah. Politics is literally like everything. So once you kind of accept that, you re- you realize that maybe, okay, it's hard to avoid it and actually i quite like the fact that they're willing to make political statements it's part of what makes bands and artists interesting and yes 100 percent. yeah I don't um yeah it's also a
1: super angry song yeah i like that really fucking angry um all right my one on is going to be twisted uh with everyday hurts uh It's fucking amazing. I've just been listening to it non-stop. Um Like I'm gonna have to chuck it in one of my playlists that I listen to. Just well, obviously I'm chucking it into our songs to be saved playlist. But one of one of my playlists, I, 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 occasionally. But I tend to skip a couple of songs that Jack picked on, <laughs> and the Bastille songs that pop up.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, on the Bastille one, we couldn't do anything about that.
1: Uh, yeah, I just love it. It's it's essentially a pop song. It's it's really not far off being a pop song, but it's just got that. uh rock bounce to it, that edge um, yeah, and her voice in it is fucking sensational the way she goes so like this high and gentle to this really sort of punchy piercing, uh, it's brilliant I just, yeah, I love it and honestly, if you're gonna, you know, like we said we're a bit mixed on the album I think, but between us but if you want to listen to one song, listen to that one I'd take because it's just huge yeah, that's not a
0: bad shout to be fair okay,
1: just let me note that down and then we go on to our final album um so kendrick lamar and Damn. um so i'm assuming we're both not saving this fuck off
0: <laughs> i'm saving the living shit out of this uh, this is being held with both arms protected
1: yeah no 100 um, percent. i'm not disagreeing with that i think i mentioned that three album curve thing we can't just save one album from each from each artist um loads so many artists have three album curves um
0: and some been... people might say, Oh, but you said earlier about the ocean rule, this is kind of different to that. In the ocean way.
1: rule, was like we knew where it was going, so like I would bring the ocean rule up for something like Good Kid potentially,
0: or maybe uh, what was before that? Um, the debut,
1: um, yeah. Um, whereas with like, the ocean rule, we both agreed that we it uh, Channel Orange went somewhere, uh, he went somewhere after Channel Orange, where which we both preferred, whereas this is a as a follow-up to something like to *Pimp* a Butterfly, *Butterflies*, brilliant. It shows you that you shouldn't try and replicate. It's essentially what I think Adele was trying to do in *25*. Like, as a follow-up to *21*, he did it, from *Pimp* and just did it perfectly.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite albums. I'm no, not afraid to say yeah, that. It's my it's it's my
1: third favorite Kendrick album. <laughs> it is absurd. Like, I, mean, I the fact that I, you I, can, can is... say that and not. Argue about it is shows how good his other albums are and how good this album
0: is. Would rank those three, really. I don't know how I would go about it. I think I don't know, but yeah, I'm just, we're both saving it. Let's do that song. Yeah, songs. Um, you can go first if you want. I'll let you go first. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could do literally basically any song. Um, this is like every week there's an album. I don't know if you find this, I always find this like an album you listen to more than the other albums. You just can't help it, you just really like it always happens Tip, to me Yeah, there's always one that just clicks if it's a new yeah, one or... the other albums like the other two get three or four lessons depending this week obviously was a lot more because a lot more time but this album was like fucking so many times i had this on it was absurd um and for that reason i honestly could pick anything i said earlier how much i love triple x or xxx whatever the fuck you want to call it without with you two um but I'm going to go for uh, feel cool. because I like I really like the slow beat combined with his fast rap. Um, I think he does it really well. And yeah, I don't know. I could go for anything. I, that's literally just how I feel now. Ironically, um, yeah. but if I ask you tomorrow, it might be a different one. Sort of say. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: yeah. I'm going to um, go for what is my probably one of my favourite Kendrick songs actually, um, in DNA. Nice. Unbelievable song. Um, yeah. That
0: my, that's my pick.
1: Yeah. Uh fucking huge, angry, aggressive, um, but still very well structured and concise. Um a really cool fact I learned when researching about did you see this fact about DNA as well and you might know it about how they created it with typically rappers often rap over a beat. Uh Kendrick rapped a cappella and got the beat was created under the rap. That's
0: mad, I didn't.
1: Know um, that. Which is just also just shows how mental Kendrick is when you listen to that song. That the rapping and the flow on that is ridiculous. To actually just did that acapella and then just got—I um, can't remember the guy who did it—to put the beat underneath it. I think. I don't think. Yeah, I think so. it wasn't. It was the. I think it was the second verse. It wasn't the whole song. It was part. It was the second verse. There's a part in it you'll hear. Um, there's a sub drop in it which is fucking heavy as shit. Like uh, honestly, that
0: song. But the, the thing I love about that song as well is listening to blood go into that song is fucking amazing it builds up to this and then it just punches you we didn't really touch on this that much in the album thing but i want to get it in now that's a great example of a song where he does this he uses characters so well with by using different styles of vocals and different like messing with his vocals a little bit and like storytelling he creates these little characters like he has k dot and kenny and kung fu kenny um that he uses like weaves in and out of songs and that's an example of him he kind of does it in DNA a bit and he does it like uses blood as well to do that. Um and that's just another reason why this album's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean
1: I, I put blood almost as a intro rather than an actual opening track. I almost consider DNA to be the opening track to this record and as as opening tracks go, it doesn't get much better than DNA, I don't think. Um in terms of setting a tone, coming out the blocks. Um yeah, brilliant. I can't I don't think we've yeah what a brilliant
0: quickly run through what have we saved what have we not
1: so there were no clashes this week in terms of picks which is quite good so Jack picked Remedy and I picked Hello from Adele's 25 which we are not saving Um, Jack picked Everything's Political I picked Twisted from Skunk and Nancy Stoosh which we are saving with an asterisk under the Mahalia rule and then uh, for Kendrick Lamar's Damn we are very, very confidently saving it. And Jack picked Phil, and I picked DNA. Um, good week, I think. Um, good mix. Um, very good week. Uh, it's on to our 10th episode. So, as we yeah, said in the intro, a share for a suggestion, or is it a suggestion for a share? Share for, share. A, suge- share for a suggestion. Um, we'll, we're actually probably going to change our release in recording times, because... Um, For those that don't know, I work in the hospitality industry And it's a bit mental at the moment Which always means I work weekends So we are probably going to start recording Towards the end of the week And put up Friday So essentially, maybe look at doing a week from today As our recording thing So you've got the week
0: We can't get I think
1: No we can't, yeah Because it depends on how busy I am And whether we lose Um, our voice to the football
0: Monday night, yeah Um, My vocals are a slight issue Unlike Adele and Skins um So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, maybe next week we'll find out. I just have a deeper voice from now on, which yeah, be... just a different podcast voice. Yeah, you guys could be in for a treat. I could start sounding his like... voice.
1: His voice changes every ten episodes. He's got to
0: a... like McDonald in a week.
1: <laughs> Never know or a doubt
0: <laughs> Okay, all right. I
1: think that's, that's it. Yeah, brilliant. Um, sorry for the late again, but uh, yeah. talk anyway, next week.
0: We love you all, and don't vote for the fucking Kanye. Yeah, please don't. I
1: am going to go and watch the football now, I think.